Welcome, everyone. This is Howl with a Pack podcast with my co-founder, Simon. My name is Marcel, and today we have another special guest that you have seen on the other side of the table, Rome. Uh, Roman, of course, we, we, we call him Rome, but he is our representative and very important member on the other side of of uh, the Atlantic over in San Antonio, San Antonio, USA. And um, he was actually the first member of our company. And I'm happy to have you here, Rome. You can say hello. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, 210 represents San Antonio. <laughs> Good old Texas, Lone Star State. Yes, sir. So, I mean, I could introduce you, but maybe you can uh, say a little bit about yourself, what what you do for us in Wolfpack Management, and what, because you have many strengths, maybe just summarize some, some of your expertise and what you're passionate about. Sure. Um, yeah, so with Wolfpack Management, I primarily help with the... Uh, day-to-day client stuff, especially here in North America, um, technology, devices, electronics, uh, health, fitness, nutrition, and mental health. Uh, Those would be the the things that I primarily are working on within Wolfpack Management and all of our endeavors. Um, Mm -hmm. Trying to be quick, because as you said, I, I do like to be known as a jack of all trades and essentially that just comes down to I, I've always had a passion for learning. I enjoy learning more and I just want to know as much as I possibly can. Um as far as the my specialties, I went to school at UTSA, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology for clinical. It leaned towards behavioral analysis. Um at the same time, I was also taking classes to get certified as a nutritionist. Uh, I never got certified. I stuck with the psychology. I've done physical training, uh, personal training on the side. I've studied that on the side as well. I'm a big geek, longtime avid gamer, uh, cyclist, and I love cars as well. So I, I like to do automotive technology. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Rome is really the Swiss army knife in our company. When I say what areas he is knowledgeable about, some of them have not immediately something to do with each other. Uh, People are always amazed and they say, well, how is it possible that one person combines so many areas where they are interested and proficient in? (laughs) But I mean, we are happy to have you, so I would never complain about that. You said something about that you like learning. Can you maybe just look back uh, into the year 2020 and say what's one of the major takeaways and learnings that you have uh, experienced this year? Uh, uh, the, honestly, the, the first thing that came to my mind is that everything I learned in psychology as far as humans and how we think is just dead on. We are, uh, this 2020 has just proven to show humanity's best and worst, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, this this 2020, <laughs> it just really showed, especially with the pandemic and stuff, uh, ignorance is very common. 
And I hate to say this, but I've one of the biggest things that I've realized is technology is really dumbing down our entire population, I feel. Um, people just don't have the urge to search out knowledge anymore. They want everything spoon-fed. And especially the biggest things, people don't like reading anymore. Everyone wants videos or just to listen. They don't want to take the time to read. So, yeah, 2020 has all been about people just basically listening to whatever spoon fed them. Maybe next time we will just release the transcript in written form instead of recording the podcast <laughs> just to get people used to reading again. <laughs> they would never yeah. do it then. I totally I mean, agree with you. Um, there's one thing I would like to ask though. Mm -hmm. uh, don't you think it's kind of Uh, this this whole trend that people want the uh, information dumped down basically is due to the fact that uh, our world is getting more and more complicated and faster and faster. Yes and no. I mean, in all aspects, you can always, it's hard, especially when you ask questions that involve pretty much the entire world's population, there's always going to be multiple <laughs> variables. Um, so I would assume that, yeah, that definitely happens. But I also assume more often The, that the opposite happens, that it's not that we are confused. It's that the best way for me to play, put this is that people that have gotten used to everything being fast. Um, I forgot what comedian made a joke about that, but it was, it was kind of true. Speed makes things rude. If you start getting used to getting all your information, your questions, your answers, um, your data, your phone calls, your tech, everything is happening within a split second. You're used to getting everything on your phone um, when you actually have to take a little bit of time and do a little bit of work and research and read about something. It sets people off because they're used to just everything being right then and there available to them within seconds. So yeah, yes, the, the world being complex does have an effect but as oh well, one of my friends used to say in a time that of we are currently in a time that we have the most information available to us and at the same time we've also have the most disinformation available to us so as things get more and more complicated also we found that more and more bs gets thrown into it's kind of a double-edged sword mm-hmm What's yeah, some piece of right. what's some piece of technology that you think was useful or helped learning, maybe concentrating, that mm. was released or used recently? A piece of technology that helps concentration and learning. Yeah, or was just useful because you say a lot of our attention or um, generosity is degrading. So maybe mm -hmm. something that goes the other direction. I know it's, this may sound weird, but the first thing that came to my mind is a Chromebook. Uh, the reason for that is during this pandemic, and, and I do uh, work electronics and, and I help people procure stuff, there's been a huge surge in Chromebooks because a Chromebook is locked down. Um, it, you can't play games on it. You can't uh, pull up Instant Messenger. You can't do almost anything except for surfing the web and typing up your documents. So in essence that technology, that device has been implemented in order to keep, I'll say, our younger generation, most likely elementary, middle, 
mm, probably as well high school too, uh, focused because I think one thing that they had noticed was when people use laptops, especially in college, I used to sit in the back of the class and look at all the people's screens and mm, 95% of them were not on anything that was school related. So it is interesting to see the Chromebook, which was not specifically intended for that reason. It was locked down to prevent security breaches, Um, but it's being used that way quite well because when they provided these devices to the students, there's a lot less they can do with them. So they can't be on their, I mean, they still have their phones if, if that comes to play, but I would, that's the first thing that came to mind as far as helping technology helps concentration is, is uh, basically things that are cutting away your ability to go off and, and um, do something else. Even uh, Apple uh, added a feature that basically locks you into wherever you're in, like Word, PowerPoint, or Excel, and it will not let you pull up music or messages or anything like that. And they say it's for students. The negative is a student is the one that has to turn it on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some people are getting back to flip phones as well. Yeah, yeah, that that too. Although they're still smart flip phones, it's just retro. It's not like the old flip phone. It's still like got all the features of the new ones. It's just flips now, which is kind uh, of funny. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of disappointing. <laughs> I, I bet you can get like new flip phones, but created back in the mid-2000s. Yeah. Oh, yeah, if you could, if you want to. I was just saying, like, the new uh, Motorola Razr um, is, a, is a flip phone, but it's one big screen. It's got all the smartphone features and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I really like the concept of the story shows that sometimes more is less and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, as far as devices that help concentration, that that's something, unfortunately, I feel like, people aren't doing uh, I don't know I mean I'm sure you could develop a device that would do that but at this point in my mind the best way to do that is uh, active behavioral adjustments so when they mm-hmm. start doing it you stop them and correct them um, I haven't seen any technology although I'm not very familiar with all the new but I have read or heard from from people the new programs their schools are using using for testing remotely are crazy they apparently some of them monitor eyes movement uh i heard one of my friends said he had the teacher requires them to put a mirror behind them so the the teacher can see everything that they see if they look away from the screen off to the side too long that's a that's counted as cheating so i i don't know a lot about those new programs but i would say that's probably the closest thing to keeping people on target but that's George Orwellian, 1984. Yes, pretty much. All right, let's go a little bit to a happier place, maybe. Mm. (laughs) Um, Of course, I mean, we have uh, many, many, many uh, interfaces with esports and gaming, video games, gaming entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you say is your favorite esport to play or watch? Hmm. So for playing esport are we limiting ourselves to like big tournaments or anything that could be played even if it's a smaller tournament as you wish okay Just go ahead um the i guess the one i play the most would be call of duty 
it's just a generic. It's not that I'm a huge Call of Duty fan. It's just I've always played it, and that's my go-to shooter game. Um, as far as which ones I like to watch, uh, I used to watch Overwatch uh, esports tournament tournaments. Uh, Smite. I actually enjoyed watching Smite tournaments as well. And r- more recently, what was it that I watched? It was. Um, Oh, I think it was either League of Legends or Dota 2 a couple of years ago. Uh, but those are... It's weird. I, I When it comes to esports, I, I generally don't like watching the games I play. I like to see the other games. I mean, that, there's exceptions, but I usually like to look at the other games instead of the ones that I actually play myself. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting. I absolutely can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you feel sometimes you don't know what's going on in a game that you're not so familiar with? Yes, it can, especially like uh, Dota 2 and League of Legends, uh, especially when I started watching the tournaments and I was like, mm. but <sighs> let's see. I don't want to be braggadocious. So what I would say is, I feel most gamers that have been gaming for a long time have an average, what I like to call game IQ that they can pretty much figure out how the general gist of 90% of the games out there just by watching for 30 to 45 minutes. I mean, you won't get the, the uh, finer details of course, and how to use and stack your items, but you'll know exactly what your objective is, how to win it. And generally some, some tips, uh, but not everyone has that. I've found that the hard way. Most gamers, though, I feel are capable of doing that without trouble. Mm-hmm. In your surroundings, family, friends, have you encountered people who um, found out about esports the first time and how they interacted with it? Um, my family, well, not my family, really. They, they barely know anything. Friends... Most of my friends, they they don't really look into games, especially not esports. They're more, I mean, I'm 31, going on 32. I hate to say that. Oh, I hate the threes. Uh, going on <laughs> Nobody <32. asked> you. <laughs> I know, but the, but the reason I say that is because the, most of my friends are also the same age. And, and by this time, yeah, of course. They, they're not too much into the whole, like, let's do esports. If, if they even play, because a lot of them have kids and families and wives but the ones that do play usually play just a couple hours a day like i do and it's just to relax um the younger i do have some younger friends they love to watch the esports um none of them well i think only have only talked to one that said he would like to try he thinks he could do it if he could get enough a good enough team but most of them are just uh really happy watching and that is something i've noticed a lot more of the younger generation enjoy watching I'll say uh, tournament streamers, Twitch a lot more. The older generation generally likes to just play it, with exceptions, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. Um, maybe a question again, going a little bit outside of esports. What what other things are you passionate about in terms of hobbies outside of games? Mm. Uh, so I'm, where do I begin? Uh, <laughs> Top somebody, three, right? Yeah, I guess. So let's see. So this is, we're not doing esports. 
I'm a big geek. I, I just love technology, working on computers. I build computers, uh, IT on the side, figuring stuff out. I, um, I even recently was uh, helping a friend of mine remotely buy a TV, and then I remotely helped him set it up just for fun. It's just something I like to do. So playing around. Did you control him like a robot? Like, okay, <laughs> use your right arm and turn it. <laughs> no, it was more through FaceTime, and I had to, I had to just watch what he was doing and tell him like, click that button, click this button, and so on and so forth. <laughs> but as far as that would be like my big thing. I love messing around. I've got in front of me, I've got a couple USB drives I took apart just so I could see how they work. They don't, they were broken. So I decided to do that. So I'm always just messing around. So definitely electronics, uh, cycling is a big deal. I'm a big, uh, road cycler. So I don't mean motorcycles for people who are wondering. <laughs> I do. I knew being bicycle. Uh, I did my first uh, hundred kilometer ride this year, which was, not as bad as I would have thought, uh, but still not fun. <laughs> I need to train. I needed to trade a little bit more for that one, especially in Texas weather where it was over a hundred degrees outside and very humid. <clears throat> that got pretty bad. So I'm big into cycling. I also work on people's bikes on the side now. Um, pretty much anything I get into, I'll, I'll, I like to say this. I, I always get really into it. So if I if I like cars i want to learn how they work and i will take them apart and try to figure out how they work uh same with bikes like when i got into cycling i started to work on my own bike and through trial and error i took apart a bike too as well and now i can do most general maintenance um so yeah i would definitely say electronics cycling and then the, if i had to choose a third one I'm really big into watching shows and just like anime, movies, TV shows. I like to give my mind a break every day and, and at least watch one or two hours. Um, so, yeah, those are things I'm very passionate about. Of course, I've studied and I've gone crazy into nutrition, um, mental health, fitness, exercising. So I... I'm really big into that and I help people with any questions they have there as well. And it's just constantly learning if I have a little bit of time and I'm interested in something that I'm going to, I'm going to try to learn more about it. Mm -hmm. hmm. Nice. What kind of shows do you enjoy? What would be your favorite ones recently? So my all time favorite show it's almost a little embarrassing. I doubt, I don't know if you guys would even know of it, but it's called Supernatural. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know about it. Yeah. And <laughs> a lot of people. Of as well. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people think it's a girl show, and it did kind of get turned into more of a, a girl show in the latter seasons, but honestly, that is probably one of my go to ones. Um, so that's definitely my favorite show, but recently. I think I just finished, because uh, I, I love to watch anime and anything else, so I just finished watching Space Dandy, and I'm about to finish watching Assassination Classroom, which I never got into earlier because it looked dumb, and now I realize it was actually pretty decent, so I'm, I'm almost done with that right now. Um, but I'm a big fan of new ideas. I, I like uh, 
like Inception, the movie. I thought that was a brilliant movie because that it seemed in my small knowledge that is one of the most unique and individual movies that I've seen in a long time that didn't borrow from other movies at all. Uh, I mean, we've reached a point where most stuff is just rewrites and redos, and I really like th- movies that I can't just guess from the beginning, and I can understand what pretty much is going to be. So stuff like, uh, like I said, Inception was a really good op- uh, show or movie that I really liked. Uh, the Gentleman was recently came out. That was really good. That one you couldn't see coming. Uh, Knives Out. Just... Uh, as my dad always says, not the action blockbuster movies. I'm, I, I need it to have some substance. I need there. I need if it doesn't stimulate my mind, then I'm probably not going to watch it unless it's John Wick because I love Keanu because <laughs> who doesn't? Uh, I, I still didn't come around to see the John Wick movies. I need to, to for watch shame. Them. So for shame. Oh, yeah. Bobby, yeah. your guy's going to get you. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, 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 I'm I'm definitely gonna watch them. <laughs> Sometimes, hopefully. And comparing um, watching movies or series to playing video games, how would you compare these uh, the impact of entertainment and uh, involvement, engagement into the medium? Hmm. So, of course, with it's it's interesting you say that. So it really to me it depends on the show or game and how much you care about it and what you're trying to achieve. So either one. Okay. Let me go to, let me, let me break it down this way. I'll say um, with video games, it requires more focus, more concentration and a little bit more energy uh, because you do have to manipulate. You have to estimate uh, using your muscle memory, using a lot of different things. Uh, in fact, whenever I get a fever, I literally cannot play video games. I just, I don't have the energy or the focus or the concentration to do it. I end up just sitting there and watching shows. So I will say that video games require a lot more out of you. But at the same time, there's always outliers. And um, I like to usually have a couple of games on tap that... Like certain games, like I'll say story-based games, usually I like to not watch a show. I want to focus on that, and that is entertaining. Then you've got games like Call of Duty where you can pretty much mute the TV, not listen to it whatsoever, and just grind multiplayer. Um, at least I can, and then I can watch a show. I'm not really paying attention to what I'm doing in the video game. That's just... Uh, I'll do light meditation almost. I'm just playing, but I'm more watching the show. So to me, it really just comes down to which one is more important. There's some shows that I actually use as background noise for when I'm trying to concentrate to a video game. And then there's other shows where I want to pay attention to them. I want to know and remember everything. So I will not play them if I'm doing something else. So that's why I'm like, that's a, it's a tricky question. It just depends on how much you like the show and what your goal is. If you're trying to just watch something in the background while you do something else, or if you're actually trying to remember and you really enjoy it. Do you think that video games will replace movies in the near future? Maybe even far future? I don't think so. Um, especially because as people get older... I don't know if it you it would be a stigma. There is a slight stigma on video games. It's going away now with as the new generation and you know the old generation goes and the boomers start to 
to pass away. <laughs> um, the, the newer generation is more accustomed. This year faster, a little bit. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, with, with that being said, I think that it's still going to be, people are still always going to, especially as they get older, I don't feel like they're going to want to spend five, $600 on a console then $70 for just one game. And then they're going to have enough time to be able to dedicate an hour to what, a couple times a week minimum just to play that game. It's, it's much okay. easier for them to just sit down and watch a movie and not even finish a movie. Sometimes they have to do it in four sessions. So that's why I feel like video games will always be here and movies will as well. I think they're pretty separate and distinct. Mm -hmm. No, because I'm asking you have something like Heavy Rain or mm -hmm. you could even say Uncharted, where I mean, Uncharted is a little bit more interactive, but Erica. it is certainly a story and you, you really live through it and you get engaged and sometimes you have options to do one thing or another and it it will basically play out like a movie with options. Yes, so there's that type of game. Um, Erica was the last one they released on PlayStation 4. I, ha I have it. I haven't tried it yet just because those kind of games I usually save for when I'm feeling sick where <laughs> I can't do as much concentration and I don't have anything to watch. Then I'll do one of those. But yeah, that's bridging the gap. That's more of an interactive cinematic journey. Um, and a lot of them, like I know Erica apparently was designed to work with cell phones so that everybody in the room can pull up their cell phone and join in. Apparently, I, once again, I haven't started it yet because I heard it was very short. So I've just been saving it for a rainy day. But yeah, th that is uh, Heavy Rain was one. Um, Detroit Become Human. That was another one. Beyond Two Souls was another one. And most of those you don't even you don't do too much. It's just quick time action and a lot of story and those I almost treat like movies. So yeah, when I play those type of games, I, I won't watch anything else. Um, I focus completely on them. Mm -hmm. um, the next thing that I want to talk more about because you have so much knowledge that should be shared and that's really helpful for mm -hmm. people who might be listening. Um, maybe let's just start getting into the realm of esports again and the actual competition. Okay. Um, from a mindset standpoint, or from just from a character of an esports athlete, what is the thing that impresses you the most about a you know first league esports athlete? Their dedication to it. Um... I know I could not, I can't hand playing the same game for a couple of hours in one day, let alone having to practice and pretty much only play one game for every single day, uh, multiple hours a day, and then also as my job. Um, to me, that blows me away. Like people think, I always hear uh, younger people say, oh, I'd, I'd love to be a a professional gamer like that's it's amazing you get to you get to play your favorite video games and get paid for it and i always like to tell them yeah but they do that eight hours a day and by the end of it they don't want to play video games anymore anything that you do for that long turns into a job and then you don't enjoy it as much and especially because 
with esports, you're you're usually limited. I know there's some people that can maybe play two different games, but most athletes are stuck with they, they're specialized in one game. And when you do that, you're talking about, I mean, anywhere from four to sometimes eight hours a day of training on that same game every single day, maybe one or two days off, and then also competing in that same game. Uh, that takes a lot, like, because playing the same game, if you don't like it, if you start getting bored, everything goes downhill. Your concentration goes downhill. Your focus goes downhill. Hand-eye coordination goes downhill. You get tired. Uh, you stop paying attention. So to me, the fact that they can literally keep everything at 100 or close to 100%, no matter what, even if they've played this game for 50 hours that week, that's super impressive because... I can play a game for two or three hours and there's nothing you can do that would help me continue that and keep my performance. <laughs> it just, it, it just, I die. And to the point I literally, I've, when I play games too much and I burn myself out, I'll, I'll, I start getting quiet as the matches continue. My friends start to ask me, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah. And then I, I basically, I start sucking more and more and more. And eventually I'm like, okay, guys, I, I honestly haven't been feeling into this. I've just been forcing myself to play. I'm just going to get off now. And that's what yeah. ends up happening. The fact that Yeah, they... I mean, that's, that's not the reason why we play video games, right? We yep. play them because it's fun. So if yeah. it's not fun anymore, we should stop. <laughs> this is not our profession. You would get the impression that somebody's life be depends on it. Because it oh, does. It does, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and then you have no choice. That's their job, and that's what sucks. <laughs> and and I remember uh, hearing the streamers, and they were like, when I'm done streaming, I don't even want to see a video game anymore. I've sat for eight hours playing. And if you're young, I granted, that's a little easier. But as you get older, you start to realize, eight hours playing video games? That's not good. From a health aspect, from uh, a mental aspect, from just an overall, like, that's all you did with your day is you literally just sat inside and was sedentary for eight whole hours playing a video game. There's just multiple ways that's just horrendously bad. But when you're younger, you can pull that off a lot easier. I used to do that when I was, like, in middle school and high school. I fucking play all day. And now, mm -mm, can't, I can't do that. <laughs> so that's impressive. <laughs> Is there someone you look up to in the esports industry because of that dedication? Um, not necessarily any one person, truly. The, because I really feel, especially the streamers, not the esports guys, but the streamers, they literally, most of them, the, the successful ones, have almost no control over what they're going to play. Uh, it's they, they have to play whatever the their audience likes. And that's why... Yeah. I wouldn't say one really sticks out because I want to be fair. All of those streamers have to deal with this bullshit and it sucks for them. And that's also what makes it such a non-accessible job. It's in, it's one of those jobs that it's very easy to enter. You don't need a lot. You can just have a, a basic computer and an internet connection, but in order to pull it off successfully, it needs a ton, a ton more. So the entry level to just get into the, the job market or that job type is so easy. Um, but then it ramps up as far as how to be 
financially stable and successful using that job. That's where it, it just it separates the men from the the boys. I mean, you, anyone <laughs> yeah. can become a streamer and just get a computer. That's it, an internet. That's all you really need. But to make a living off of it, that's completely different. That takes a different mindset. So, uh, my my hats off to all those motherfuckers. Um, I honestly, I I think I would like to give a little shout out to Lyric. The only reason for that <laughs> is. Well, it's because he said when he started streaming that he decided if he could hit, I forgot what his goal was, but he, he set a goal for himself, whether it be a, you know affiliate or get a certain amount of followers, uh, subscribers. But whatever his goal was when he first started streaming, he basically said that if he couldn't hit that goal without showing his face, then he shouldn't be streaming. And he hit that goal without showing his face and be blew up and never showed his face. And to me, that that is respectable. Now he's shown his face a little bit more. He still doesn't use his face on, on his streams, but people at least know what he looks like. But for the longest time, and literally the first couple of years, he specifically chose to stream without any camera because he said that if he could hit his target without the camera, then he could definitely... Uh, continue so i will say that stuck out to me and i was like mm, props mm, interesting i still don't know what he looks like you'd be surprised uh, like the voice does not match it never does really yeah. but, but <laughs> i will look it up right after this <laughs> <laughs> Ex expanding on that question is there someone you look up to in general outside of esports yeah i mean so definitely my best friend travis he um I always like to say he's 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 like a better version of me. He's what I always want to strive towards, and he always says the opposite. He says, "No, I'm I'm the better version of him." And but uh, he's in my mind, he's a little bit more uh, intelligent than I am, and I feel confident saying that. And he is very successful. He's got his I'll say shit together. Um, he works in technology, and he just picks up everything. A little bit faster than I do, so I've always looked up to him, and he's always been kind of a, a goal for me. And then I'd also would probably say my my dad, just because my dad had a insane work ethic. He, oh, I want to say he never missed a day of work ever. He he retired with perfect attendance. He still took vacation days when he had surgeries, but he never had a call in. Um, and he even went to work when he had some of his surgeries anyway, cause that's just, that's fucking kind of guy he is. And mm -hmm. my sister and I always said that we have our mom's brain, but we don't have our father's work ethic. And if we did, we'd be unstoppable because my father, <laughs> man, I mean, this guy retired early and then decided I'm bored and I can't sit at home and watch TV. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a landscaping company for fun. <laughs> And that's what he did. That sounds oh like God. me. <laughs> I mean, at, as long as I can open my own company, it, it would be something I would do. <laughs> He's more like, he just likes working. Like he likes to be outside sweating, cutting down trees, pulling weeds, digging ditches. That's fun for him. When I was a kid, he used to, every Saturday, I, I couldn't do anything until I worked with him for at least three or four hours. And he loved it. And I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. you wanted to be a little bit. A little bit what? 
a little bit opposite. Yeah. Um, actually, it's funny. I found out from my grandfather. You know, being, being there three or four hours, having to work even when young. I found out from my grandfather, apparently, that my great-grandfather was like my dad. He worked until he was like 90, and he was paving roads when he was 90 in Texas. And they told him, like, you don't have to do it. He's like, no, I just want to work. My grandfather told me when he, my, my great-grandfather told him that, my grandfather was like, hell no. When I retire, I'm done. I am never going back to work. And <laughs> it seems like it skipped a generation because my dad is the type where he, yeah. he retired and was like, I'm, I can't stop. I, wanna, I just, I just want to keep working. And I've always said, like, hell no. When I'm done, I'm <laughs> done. So, yeah, I think my dad and my great-grandfather, they got it. And then my, my grandfather and I are, are really similar. And we're the type that we're like, nah, now we're, we're working for a goal and then we're done and then we won't have fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the other thing that um, also you talk about a lot is the brain-body connection. Mm-hmm the mind and the body being very intertwined. Can you give us a little bit of an outline there? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll try to be quick because that (laughs) we could do a whole podcast on that just right there. Maybe we should down the line, but Uh, just introduce the topic. So I always like to tell people that whenever you think of depression and anxiety, uh, mental disorders, not serious ones like schizophrenia, but, you know, just the the stress and anxiety, panic attacks, uh, depression, I always like to try to remind people to keep in mind that these things are not overt. They're covert. Um, You will not see depression. You won't see anxiety usually unless it's really, really bad. And so many times people look at a person and they're like, well, he's fine. He's moving around. He's, He's working. Like everything is fine. And that's one thing that I've really been trying to promote is understanding that the mind and the body are connected um, in every single way. So anxiety, panic, depression, they manifest physically. Um, they manifest in, I've seen it in people's stomachs, uh, with anxiety causing constant stomach cramps, uh, diarrhea, bloating. And these are things that if you went to a doctor for the doctor would check you out, you know, they would do your test for stomach, they would test for bugs and everything. And it would all come negative. And it did come negative for that person for years until they finally saw a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist said, maybe this is your mind. And then boom, everything fit into place. Um, so a lot of people out there have this, this thought that when someone's depressed or or suffers from severe anxiety or uh, they have panic attacks that they are going to show it or they feel like it's something mental and it won't affect them physically. They can still you know, go to work, they can still do whatever they need to. And, and that's why I say, no, our, our mind has the power to make us sick. Um, our body has literal is being controlled by our mind. So at that point it turns into the mind also can make us better. Um, so our mind is connected to our body and if someone's depressed, they may not just be sitting there moping. They may actually be nauseous every day, uh, no appetite or cramps. That could be depression. That could be anxiety. And so I, I just try to remind people that when we think of mental issues, it's not located only in the mind. Almost always mental issues are manifest physically in some way, whether it be cramps, pain, 
stomach issues, headaches, uh, sleeplessness, and it's a serious issue. So that's a little bit more about the, the, the brain-body connection. Uh, okay. for, for me, it was always a big deal if when I found out that your brain can is literally causing you to get sick, to have all these feelings, then shouldn't it also be able to do the opposite? And that's what kind of started me down the journey of uh, psychology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I mean, in esports, but even beyond, people need to hear this. There's maintenance and mm-hmm. uh, there is care to take not only of your your mind, your body, of both together and really treat yourself well um, because uh, down the line it will just bite you in the ass one way or, or another, be it mental or physical or both. You know, and, and real fast, I just want to tell everyone out there that does listen to this, therapy is okay. Everybody should have a therapist. That does not mean you have mental issues, you're crazy, there's no negative stigma. What a therapist, all they are is just someone that sits down and listens to you and 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 genuinely cares about trying to make your situation better uh, versus maybe you have your best friends, your girlfriend, your your partner, your your parents that listen to you um but they don't necessarily know exactly what to do. A therapist is there just to just to vent to and there's nothing wrong with it. I know my mom always likes to bring this up and say that when I was younger she tried to get me in a therapy and I Apparently, I fought it tooth and nail and for tooth and nail. And I, and I always tell her, of course I did, mom. You're telling a middle schooler he needs to get therapy. What's the first thing that came in my mind? I'm crazy. And I said, hell no, I'm not doing that. Because if everyone finds out I go to therapy, they're going to think I'm insane, that I have mental problems. I'm crazy. And I told her, I was dumb. I'm a kid. Like, we don't we don't know better. And and now, you know, she she said, I tried. I tried. And I said, yeah, it's, it's fine. But you also have, should have understood that. I'm a little kid and you tell them like, Hey, let's go to, to therapy. The first thought in my mind is, Oh God, everyone's going to think I'm mental. Like, hell no, I'm not, I'm not doing therapy and not doing therapy. <laughs> and now I'm like, everyone should do therapy. It's not a big deal. And, and it really isn't. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and a lot of people can benefit from this. I mean, um, this is something that I personally would be very interested in. If you have learned something about this uh, during your studies, uh, nowadays, we have a lot more, uh, I'm going to call it mental patients. It's now uh, now for the, the ease of, of use, but I don't mean uh, people getting turned in into the uh, closed psychiatry or something. Um, I mean, people with, with mental problems in general are on the rise. Is that something because nowadays we have more mental problems or is that because mental problems are... Uh, diagnosed easier today and because of uh, the stigmata going away? Both. I, I really like to say both because there is definitely, a, I hate to say this, but a significant rise of mental illness and uh, we've studied it specifically amongst the younger generation and with social media. Oh, it's detrimental. It's so bad. I mean, if you thought bullying was bad back in the day, now imagine if you could literally bully someone 24-7 in front of the world and no one yeah. is there to step in. I mean, it's just 
It's They're... also more efficient for the bullies. They can bully 10 <laughs> people at a time. Yeah, you scale it up, you know. You <laughs> yeah. create an AI yeah. and some database and you find out the weaknesses of people. And you get a bot. Just automate it. <laughs> yeah, you get a bot and the bot starts talking shit <laughs> on you Facebook. You personalize it to anybody. And... <laughs> I'll start making do some recognition. Yeah, they'll, they'll just they'll just start talking shit on Facebook and tweeting all this shit about you automatically. I'm sure Elon Musk is working on it right now, or Bill Gates. Who knows? We'll, we'll get it. Done. Anybody? It's it it is anybody's game right now. But so yeah, I think that it is getting worse, and at the same time, we're also getting more PC. You know, that's something a lot of people always try to I hear it all the time, especially from older people. Oh, you know, back in my day. You know, you, we, we, we just sucked it up and people just told it to our face and we didn't get upset and we didn't get that. And I said, yeah, well, back in your day, we didn't know the same things we know now. We're always learning as a society. And now we found out that the things we used to do aren't the best. And we kind of have to start paying attention to how people feel and think. And so we're it's it's. We're in this middle section where the boomer generation are still like tough it out. It's no big deal. And the new generation are trying to bring in this like everyone listen, like let's listen, let's let's do this right. And we're still like 50-50. So I, I, I hope that as time passes, we're, we're well, I've already seen it more and more um, like Elliot Page coming out yesterday uh, as transgender, like things are becoming more normalized. Um in that route so i do notice a definite difference but we still have a lot more to go and one of the biggest things that's helping is spotlight on mental illness um just as we saw we did that espn uh the the women in espn and we did a, a conference and they were talking about it and turns out they had a san antonio spur talk about his mental health issues and they even said after it that that section got the most uh, feedback out of all of them because there's so many people out there that are suffering from light to medium uh, mental illnesses that it's not bad enough that they went to get treatment and no one knows about it and there's a stigma and they're afraid to talk about it and so the more we see these big players these big macho guys come out and say hey you know I'm depressed I cry I get lonely I get sad the more it normalizes and makes other people feel okay to talk about it and it's just going to take time and understanding that, yes, everyone is a little different and you have to treat people a little differently. And, and you do have to consider what they uh, personally take as insulting or hurtful. And just because back in the day you could take that doesn't mean that they should. Mm-hmm. So. Isn't it weird? Maybe 20 years ago when you got bullied and you didn't feel you belong, then you would go online. And now we are in 2020 and when people bully you and you think you don't belong, you go outside and have a walk and maybe do (laughs) some physical activities. That's, yeah, yeah, that's actually very true. Yeah, back when we were younger, when I was younger, it was always, you know, getting behind a computer and now everyone's behind the computer. So if you want to get away from it, you have to go out. But let's be honest, though, not many are going out. And that's why we're seeing higher suicide rates, higher uh, mental health issues, because most of the time the kids don't go outside to do it. They don't want to. So instead, they they still get surrounded by it all the time. I mean, I was I was bullied in high school um, substantially, like 
stereotypically like what you see in the movies uh, to the point where I actually had to eat my lunch inside of the hallway, uh, not the hallways, but the stairwells of the science building instead of being outside in the cafeteria with all the other kids because uh, they would try to beat me up or take my lunch money. So I, I literally had to buy my food and then just eat alone and hide in the, the stairs for almost two years because I got bullied severely. And it wasn't until I started working out and learning how to fight and I ended up getting into a fight. Not I didn't start it. Uh, someone someone started a fight with a friend and was beating up one of my friends and I finished it. Don't worry, your principal is not listening in, <laughs> so you can you can admit you started it. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's my dad. It was my dad's okay. thing. He always said, You never start a fight, you never stick up for your friend, but if someone punches you first, you finish the fight. And and that's kind of what happened. And so I finished it. And I will say, after I got in that fight, people gave me a lot more respect and they just fucked off after that. <laughs> it was great. The next two years sure. were just awesome. But bullying. Did that kid yeah. uh, need to stay at the, at the stairs then for the next two years? No, uh, he actually I'm... killed himself. Or, oh well, my God. Okay, I didn't want to go that far. Yeah, they, they, sadly, within like a couple of months, like that was at the end of the year, then there was summer during summer school time he died they said he killed himself uh, i talked to his girlfriend i don't i don't think he did he was actually a heroin addict and and uh in fact the day I, we got in a fight he was he was high on heroin he had started a bunch of stuff and apparently he went out uh him and his girlfriend and friends went up to a 10-story parking garage and they were on the top floor and they got high and he fell off they they deemed it a suicide but his girlfriend who was there with him said no it was just he got high and fell off but so I don't know. I don't know what happened with that guy, but um, but I kind of feel sad for him. And and you know, I mean, he uh, obviously had issues, but it's yeah, no often the case, right? Yeah, but at the same time, I got jumped before that. My, I literally got jumped, and that was one of the reasons why I was getting bullied. Uh, I got jumped. Uh, his friends started asking for my lunch money and 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 forcing me into things. And so, I mean, I went through some shit too, but I didn't decide to go and, and do heroin and start bullying other people. So, I mean, to a point, I'll give him a little bit of credit, but at the same time, it, that's not a pure justification as to why someone would just do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You are always responsible for your actions, at least after a certain age, in my opinion. I mean, there's, uh, some people have a little bit more capacity to kind of see themselves and their environment and how they are perceived by their environment and how they should act. Uh, some people have that ability a little bit less or a little, a little bit less of a capacity for it. But I think in general, uh, even if you have a bad, if you have had a bad life, a bad history, you're still kind of responsible for your actions, right? So. Yeah, uh, there's no free pass for that. No, and I mean, you've got, uh, there's tons. I mean, we're on the spot right now, so I, I'm not going to even try to think of them. But, you know, I, we've all heard of all of the uh, different type of uh, celebrities and uh, athletes that led really, really hard, troubled lives. And, and they came out and made something out of it. So it's definitely not an excuse. And, I mean, it's just... Uh, you're a product of your environment, and I truly believe it's just 
how you were raised. It really comes down to how are you raised and what kind of mentality you are. I mean, if you're Keanu Reeves, you're Keanu Reeves, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're breathtaking, <laughs> then you're, there's nothing you can do about it. But if you're Colby Covington, then you know I feel bad for him. <laughs> That's the only way he can do it. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, um, something else about um, gamers and esports athletes um, on the mental side. Um, what can a player do to not tilt in a game? Meaning, mm -hmm. uh, not um, rage perform badly. <laughs> because they are stressed or they have lost, you know, a small um, decision or the whole match? Uh, so there's a couple of factors in that. If you've got somebody that has gone through a lot of experience, has won a lot and lost a lot, that kind of person generally is going to have a little bit more of a woo-saw uh, feeling going on so that he won't get they, they won't get flustered when they're not winning because they've already experienced both sides so much that they're they're just they know that if they get flustered they're going to get uh do they're going to perform worse and then mm -hmm. the younger ones generally the younger kids tend to get tilted a little bit easier um just because the frontal lobe hasn't finished uh growing honestly until you're 25 especially on men and so we just don't even know exactly what we want and we don't have full faculties of our mind by by most of those ages especially when we're young but for me, it's just usually it's experience and someone that's mindful about themselves and that actively manages themselves. So if they actively realize, you know what, like I'm getting upset and I'm getting more upset and I'm doing worse and worse. I need to just take a step back and, and take a deep breath. Um, those are the people you're going to see excel. But how many people do you know of that sit there and literally stop and talk to themselves like a Dexter Morgan style? Like, Hmm. Yes. You're tired right now. This is uh this is not going good. Just relax, relax. Woosa. Like we don't, we don't have Jack Nicholson telling us to do woosa like Adam Sandler did from Mr. Deeds. Um, <laughs> we, we, we don't have that. So it takes someone that's, and that's why I say usually it's the more experienced and the older people that have already done it so much that they realized, they realize when they're doing it and they stop immediately. I try to realize when I'm doing it. I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, take a step back and uh, let's try this again. And and then you see that that happen more. And yeah. Is there a way to embrace the tilt and then become better in the moment? There is, but that's 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 tricky and dicey. Not everyone, first of all, not everyone can do that. Second of all, the people that can do it can't, well. 90% of them can't always do it correctly. So just because you have the ability to use the tilt to your advantage doesn't mean that you will use the tilt to your advantage. That's where it gets tricky. So there's two variables in my mind. Are you the type of person that can even channel that kind of energy positively? And second of all, how good are you at channeling that negative energy into a positive uh, way? Because if you're not very good at it, don't try it it's most likely going to do more harm than good. Just keep going. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the follow-up question, what can a player do to recover if they feel they are tilted to, you know, reset and go to their usual kind of uh, mindset? It really depends on how much time you have. If you're in the middle of the game and you know and you're, you're still playing, you can't take a break and walk away, 
Um, normally what I would do is stop, uh, let's say it's a game where you respawn. Whenever you respawn and whenever you're safe and you can move, stop, take a deep breath, look away, look at your friends, just break your concentration basically, um, and then come back. But if at all possible, literally walk away. I'm actually not a big fan of trying something else. A lot of people will say, well, if you can't, if you're trying this over and over and over and over and you can't do it, you're getting flustered, play something else for a while and then come back to it. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. I'm, I won't say it's it works or it doesn't work because I'd never study that. Just for me, I'm more stubborn. So I will not play anything else until I get that. In fact, I'm doing that right now with a racing simulator. I'm trying to gold medal every single challenge. And some of them are taking me three days. And I will not play any other race except for that race because I refuse to give my focus, attention, and time into anything else when that focus, attention, and time could actually get me the gold in, in that one time. So, okay. uh, yeah, I'd say just if you can step away, take a break, go to the restroom, get some water, uh, then come back and try it again. And that, that's... Yeah, that makes it kind of sound like uh, the game is bullying you <laughs> if you're tilted, basically. <laughs> so then what would you do to a bully if they were trying to get in your face? I mean, are you going to sit there and suck it up and say, okay, punch me? Are you going to try to fight back when they're a bully and obviously they're going to they're gonna beat you up? Or are you just going to try to be like water, be like Jet Li, as he says, and just... Water, go friend. with the flow and yeah and i literally mean that as a and as a possibility and just to prove it when i was getting bullied one of the my favorite times uh was a guy came up to me and was trying to force me to buy the faceplate of a car radio i don't know if you're familiar with those aftermarket radios that you could remove the faceplate for security reasons so that people if they stole your radio it didn't matter because they didn't have the, the actual faceplate of it um well, this guy just had the faceplate, not the radio. <laughs> and he was trying to sell it to me for $50. He was actually trying to force me to buy it for $50. Instead of yelling, saying no, trying to fight him, trying to say I don't have the money or whatever, I went with it. I was with water. I, I said, oh, yeah, 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 50? Oh, I'll take that right now. How much? Can I get it right now? And he, he, was, he was aghast. He, he couldn't believe that I wanted this so badly. And he, he asked me, why, why, why do you want this so bad? I said, because I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to sell it for double to a dumb freshman. Are you kidding me? And the guy looked at me. He was like, uh, never mind. And then he turned around and walked away. And before, I didn't know if he was going to like realize what I did or not. So I just booked it and I got out of there. But who knows? Maybe he never realized what I did or he tried to sell it to some other kid. But that's literally something that happened to me. And like I said, I didn't fight back. I didn't cower. I just went with it and just let it go with the flow and and it works you just outsmart him so if you can maybe maybe he was thinking holy shit if i try it with another person i can get 100 bucks yep. so yeah. that's what <laughs> i was leave this guy a businessman that's what i was doing that's that was my goal was to make him yeah. think i was that's why i was like i want it yeah give it to me 50 bucks that's done and he's like wait why do you want it i was like because a freshman's gonna buy for 100 are you kidding me and he's like oh oh never mind and i was like all right bail run and run away um I don't know what I'm more entertained by the story or you saying that you had a favorite moment of getting bullied. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was proud of that moment, man, like because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used my mind to get out of it instead of fighting my way out of it. And it worked. Yeah, the fact that it worked makes it so awesome. 
Yeah. It's a good story. But it also <laughs> proves how, it, how, you know, ignorant and stupid bullies generally are. Yeah. Unfortunately. And now, as someone, I, I learned to fight. I learned, I, I started lifting weights. I was really thin. And uh, once I could hold my own, I, I just, I do not tolerate bullying whatsoever. And even to this day, I'm still a big advocate at work even light bullying at work or any of that, I always try to shut that shit down because it happened to me and it sucked. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so apart really from... positive effect. Mm-hmm. Apart from tilting, what are some other behaviors that you see in the professional scene or amongst content creators that you think uh, are uh, need to be fixed or are not desirable? Mm. I mean, a lot of, it's hard to say because personally, in my mind, I think like Dr. Disrespect's raging, how he rages, I think that is not good. And I think that needs to get away with it. But I also understand that those rages are literally how he became so popular. So many people watch his rages, his, his, the, his rages that are recorded and put on YouTube and stuff like that have millions of views and people find it hilarious. So it's hard for me to say like, oh, I don't, I don't think that belongs there when it, it is actually benefiting someone positively. But overall, I don't like to see, especially streamers, um, raging or, or trash talking because so many kids watch streamers and they're like, they're absorbing everything they do. Uh, they are their role models. And I would love one day to be able to get online into a, multiplayer game on a console and not hear teenage toxicity. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that'll never be there, but I feel like we could really, really minimize it if all the streamers and pro players acted like gentlemen all the time. Mm -hmm. I really believe, I mean, you don't know how many kids come in asking for a computer monitor for their console, for their Xbox one. And I'm like, why? And I'm like, let me guess. You watch your famous streamer, right? And he, and, and he plays on a, a computer monitor? Yeah. Well, he's playing on a computer. That's why. Uh, <laughs> bitch, get out of here. You don't need that shit. Don't bully him, Rome. Don't I'm not bully bullying him. him. I'm, 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 getting, I'm putting him in the right track. And then that's why I'm like, try a TV, buddy. TV is going to get you a better bang for your buck. You're going to get speakers. It's going to look better, I promise you. And your parents will be happier. And most of the time, they are. Mm-hmm. Unless it's more expensive. Uh, most of the time, TVs are actually cheaper unless you go big. Unless you go bigger. But if you just get like a 32-inch, they're usually cheaper than a good gaming monitor. Mm-hmm. And, well, and I mean, we, I could talk electronics all day. We'll have to do another Yeah, topic. yeah. I'm leaving out that topic yeah, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take some time. Yeah. But no, I mean... Um, sorry? No, I was just saying... Uh, I was expecting a little bit more, uh, a little bit more the knife to come, but I haven't. You know, it's, it's almost been an hour. No, I, There's been I'm no giving knife. you, I'm giving you the easy oh. questions today. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, the the other game, maybe this is one of the creative questions, um, because I know that you are very creative and very demanding in in video games, so. <laughs> Imagine you could develop your own video game and it's supposed to be the best video game ever on the market. Uh, what would it look like? What's what's the story? Mm. How do you navigate? And 
what is the principle behind it mm, okay 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 so i've actually kind of thought about that before and personally i f i mean hmm, the best video game ever is really hard to do because certain people like certain games so if i wanted to make the best video game ever it would have to be a, a mixture of pretty much all the genres uh, so I'll go with my best game ever. I would probably take an open world game very similar to Fallout New Vegas uh, with the storyline and the um, the different endings of each mission, just like Fallout New Vegas, but spend the time, effort, and money that CG pro uh, CD product Project wrecked spends like on Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk mm -hmm. and push it out to that kind of... Uh, level I would also want multiplayer and not the destiny type of multiplayer where you just go around with your friends and just kill AI over and over and over again I would want to be able to do all those story missions with my friends and help them with theirs if they and they can help me with mine I would want to be able to also do player versus player and also have raids available um for the times that I do have a large group of friends that want to play and for the times that I have a smaller group of friends that just want to play. So definitely a, a multiplayer aspect. I do favor more of a post-apocalyptic, sci-fi, futuristic vibe more over a Dungeons & Dragons mythological uh, vibe. So it would most likely be more sci-fi leaning, more uh, Blade Runner uh, than... Mm -hmm. I would say like uh, Skyrim, Oblivion, or any of those. I, just, I mean, I've always preferred Fallout over the Elder Scrolls for that reason. So personally, that would be it. I would want a lot of detail. I probably wouldn't put as much into the uh, story and the background like Skyrim and Oblivion do with all the, the stuff that you have to read. What I would do, though, is anything that is extra story that you have the option to read, I would want that to be uh, recorded by a voice actor and a voice actor play it back so that you can continue playing while the voice actor is talking. Because I find that that method is the best method to get people really invested in the the details of your game. Um People generally don't want to sit there and read through the lore of every single creature while they, when they also have things to do. But if you allow them to play the lore in the background as they travel from post to post, city to city, enemy to enemy, there's a much higher chance they're actually going to listen to it and get really invested into it. So definitely open world with multiplayer, story missions, multiple endings, um, primarily guns. And ranged weapons, uh, obviously a RPG, most likely MMORPG. And what else, what else, what else? I would also like to do something like World of Warcraft where the company basically keeps up with it. They add new content to it that's meaningful and not just extra skins and um, stuff like that. I would want new weapons, new vehicles, all new abilities, things that drastically change the game that would make people want to go back and play that game all over again with that new stuff versus just extra skins or, you know, maybe a, a new area to go to that's the same as all the other areas. They just change the color scheme. You'd be surprised, but Simon is the kind of guy who plays a game, sits down with his character and then reads the book in game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I do that. 
I do that too. And that's why I said like, uh, I, it depends on how much there is like in a Bolivian and new Vegas. I read all of it. Um, some games I don't. And that's why I said, if they played, if they gave you the option to play it, I feel like more people would actually do that. Um, but you can read it as well, and I, I normally read it, but I do like, especially if you have a, very, a really good voice actor and the story is really good, then a lot of times it's almost better to have it narrated because it's almost cinematic. It's almost a cutscene without the visual. Um, and you can multitask. You can, like I said, ride your horse or car or whatever um, to the next area while you're, you're listening, whereas when you have to sit down and read, by the time you're done reading, now you have to start moving. So, yeah. I think you and Simon, you need like a Skyrim book club where you meet up with your online characters <laughs> and, and then <laughs> discuss we read the last chapter. Oh, oh so, I know Simon likes uh, Zelda, and Simon, I've got the oh. the official Legend of Zelda encyclopedia that lists every single oh. enemy, every single item, every single location, every single anything, and mm. every one of the games. It is hardcover. It's huge. Um, mm. I bought it because at work, and I was like, I'm a, I'm a huge Zelda fan, so I have that one. I have every single Legend of Zelda hardcover uh, guide. One of them, I even got the gold-edged pages, which was just awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we could always get together and talk Zelda stuff. Like my, I said, the Zelda encyclopedia, I haven't even gone through everything because it literally talks about every single item, enemy, place, and things that you can do from every single one of the games it even gives you the official timelines and technically there's three of them um, oh yeah yeah so there's, there's three different timeline universes yeah so like i'm a big that and also fallout the, i have a uh, pretty much all the fallout hardcover um collector's edition guides as well because I, I like to read all the little details any of those big games that are detailed i don't i want i don't want to miss it oh yeah yeah i recently started playing fallout 4 as well Ugh. I love this game so much. Uh, Fallout 4, I really was, I mean, I, it's good, but I really got upset because <laughs> I went from New Vegas to Fallout 4, which is yeah, like, New Vegas is the best one. Like, it's, it's, it basically, it's like going from, from, uh, what's a, what's a good game? Like GTA to Call of Duty. Like, mm-hmm. it, Fallout 4 is so first person shooter. They dumbed it down so much. They made mm-hmm. it very just, arcadey and just easy and and there's no more there's not as many uh, perks and trees there's i remember i used to save the game and choose every single option and it didn't change anything um so there was just Mm. like no matter what you did it was gonna always end the same way and and i just i was very sad so fallout 4 i played all of it i got all the dlc and i beat it all but i was very disappointed and then 76 i didn't even touch with the pole because i knew that was going to be hot shit oh yeah 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 (laughs) <laughs> maybe there's a, maybe there's a deeper message and you have different options and then you find out that actually it made no difference <laughs> if that's on purpose maybe yeah. but i mean i can tell you with the new vegas guide like you it, it told you if you did this in this mission go to page five so then you have to scroll over to page five and then oh, okay now this is where it is but if you did this from this mission go to page seven because that's the different like it literally there was four or five different ways of doing every single mission, depending on the choices you had made before, which I was just very impressed with. And then they <laughs> took all that shit away and made it very easy to shoot things. And then said, here's a lot of guns. Here's a lot of uh, modifications and shoot. And I was like, I missed the old days. 
Uh, kind of had a similar feeling uh, about about Skyrim compared to Morrowind. Yes, I may get some some shit for this because I mean the Skyrim <laughs> fan base is huge, but I I'm I with love you. Morrowind, yeah. I I was. What about Oblivion? Oblivion, I it's it's hard to say. I liked Oblivion as well, but it was very strange and felt like kind of an mm. experiment a little bit and a little bit comedic as at times as well. I love so. Morrowind. I think I was too young when I picked it up. I didn't understand it and well enough to play it correctly. And then when oblivion came out, I was about that game hardcore. Mm-hmm. And then Skyrim came out. I was so excited. And I think I made it halfway through and I pretty much had leveled up my, my blacksmithing all the way up. I had the best gear, the best armor, the best everything. And I was like, okay, I'm now what? And I, 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 I yeah, I stopped playing it. Um, Oblivion. I played multiple times. Skyrim. I didn't even finish. So I agree with that. hundred yeah. percent. No, Skyrim. I think the side quests were way more interesting to me than the, the main quest line. Yeah. Yeah. And Oblivion was a little bit similar, not so much so, but they had so many interesting quests. It's insane. Like one of the quests that I remember most vividly is where you had to go into a frigging painting because the painter was killed by this painted troll or yep. something like that. That was so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oblivion did a, a really good job, and like as I said, Morrowind was even more detailed than Oblivion. But when I tried to play that, I was so young, I didn't fully grasp it. So to me, Oblivion was the first time I saw the kind of game mechanics, like uh, killing someone, all of a sudden netted you a letter the next day from the Assassins Guild saying that they saw that you killed someone, and now they want you to join the guild. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> that is what? Oh. This you saw cool. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Or if you steal something and get away with it, then the Thieves Guild reaches out to you and says, like, hey, come over. Check it out. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was yeah. like, dude, that's cool. And you could be a vampire or a werewolf. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, I don't know. Ford Kavach! That's what my friends and I used to yell. Because <laughs> that was, like, that was the main story that it started off. And they were, Ford Kavach! And everyone would run up. And then that's always where we'd stop playing. We do all the side quests and then come back to the main. main yep, yep, yep. <laughs> that's how you have to play it. Yep. No yep. other way. Um, one last question for you. Again, it's a video game question: mm. Is what kind of things could be done with AR or VR in video games that could be fun, but you haven't seen yet? Hmm. That I haven't seen yet. So. It's interesting that you say that because I feel like there's a lot of stuff out there that I just haven't seen, but it's probably already happening. Um, but as far as with AR, AR, I mean, uh, that one's in its own league because, I mean, you could technically put AR into glasses uh, and we could go fucking Tony Stark and have his the glasses that he uses in the, the Iron Man movies and how they do all those different things. Like that's technically what AR would be. So the, the, the sky is fucking limited when, or limitless when it comes to AR. I mean, we could make goggle uh, glasses that literally pull up um, the ring doorbell when someone picks it up or your a phone call, a video message, and it's displaying right there while you're looking at other stuff. You could pull up 
the history of someone, the uh, I mean, literally anything you wanted. As far as VR, mm, so VR is being used in gaming and exercise. I would definitely like to see more of that but it's hard to do because whenever you want to do VR with exercising, it requires usually a large room um, area to move around and to jump around. And also you have to be able to sweat. So like, you know, if you have vinyl flooring, you need to put something down. So it's not as easy and accessible. One cool thing that I know very few people are doing, and I think you're going to see more of it is using virtual reality and therapy to help fight fear fears. Um, going through, uh, for instance, if someone's afraid of heights, you can put them into a virtual reality at the good ones and put them on top of a building and you can simulate that and they can have what they call exposure therapy. You expose yourself to your fear over and over and over until you become desensitized to it. And they can do that safely and securely and cheaply, uh, using virtual reality because they already do that. People who have fear of heights or elevators, their therapist will take them to a skyscraper in, or in real life and get in the elevator with them and go to the top and stuff like that. So it cuts down on time, uh, money, traveling. And during COVID, it would, it's nice to just be able to sit down remotely, put on this headset, stand up. And I mean, I, I suffer from light fear heights. And I can tell you that when I used a virtual reality and I looked down, I got scared. I literally like grasped the wall. I almost like sat down because I was like, oh, and I got really afraid. So it does do a good enough job that you can do exposure therapy <laughs> with virtual reality. And I think that's kind of okay. cool. Okay. I think if you get too freaky with your fears, then actually it's advisable to not go that route. <laughs> I mean, we don't want Chucky running at you with a knife in virtual reality and you're, su and you're stuck there and you can't run. I mean, imagine that and you try to run. And once again, in most virtual realities, if you run with the controllers, it doesn't mean you're running in games. So you're going to end up running into a wall in your room, most likely. Yes. It's just trying to run away from that person. So yeah, I don't want, I don't want Jigsaw. I don't want... I don't want Hogman the Intruder like running at me in virtual reality. That's 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 a different story. <laughs> All right, uh, it was a fun episode, and we have only seen the surface of all of these topics. So we definitely will have you back as a guest, of course, as a co-host, much much more often. <laughs> but as a guest for for gaming hardware and electronics, I think is a good topic to go in depth. Oh yeah, I could and, um, yeah, men mental health in esports and also physical health in esports. Mm -hmm. So these are kind of topics I think we can have like dedicated episodes for in the future. Also, just to shout out uh, anyone that does watch this and they have any uh, questions about personal issues they're having, whether it be mental, physical, or health related, feel free to shoot me a. Uh, tweets, uh, WPM, Rome, Roman, actually, and you can find me there. Um, emails, Roman at wolfpack.management. And mm -hmm. uh, Facebook as well. Even my, my PlayStation, I'm always there to answer questions. And lately I've been helping other people too. So if anyone has any other questions, always feel free. Never know, I might be able to give you a little bit of advice or at least point you in the right direction. That sounds good, and it's a very honorable offer from you. Oh, and LinkedIn as well. <laughs> of course. <laughs>
I try to be honorable. I, I, once again, I have to do it three times, okay? This is the third time we're wrapping it up. Keanu Reeves, man. Honorable as a motherfucker, and he's my dream guy. So, like, that, I, now I've said it three times. Keanu has been plugged enough that eventually I want him. Do you him. think you have summoned him? I want to, and, and eventually <laughs> I want him to, like, listen to this and be like, damn, this guy's talking about me so much. I'm going I'm to surprise him. My sister has his phone number, so I just have to, like, get her to send it over to me, and then maybe he... I mean, she says he's a great, nice guy. He may have actually just replied to me. So come on, Keanu, <laughs> if you ever listen to this, I love you. I want you on. Let's do this. <laughs> great. All right. That's a good note to end it on. Mm-hmm. So for everyone listening, thanks for listening. Uh, tune also uh, make sure to tune in to our other episodes. We always always have interesting guests like Roman on always have interesting topics as well so definitely also check out the uh the health uh, mental health and physical health episodes that we're gonna do and yeah have a nice afternoon evening bye bye yep thanks for having me guys